0: Hello everyone. Welcome back to Adoption Adventures. Hope everything is all looking positive and smiling and happy at your end. So, for quite some time now I have spoken about, wanted to speak to a social worker um, about the assessment process um, because a lot of listeners have sort of dropped me a line and asking what the process looks like and what to expect and everything like that as always i reach out trying to sort of source guests that are sort of pros in that area to be able to answer that specifically for you um unfortunately the problem that we've had in this instance is the social workers that i've been able to reach out to they're all affiliated to various agencies and the concern that they have in being a guest and sharing their views and sort of experiences is that is kind of linked to their agency and it might be different for other agencies. So there's a little bit of a cause of concern that they might issue incorrect guidance and support. Um, As as any of you who have dealt with social workers will know, they are always risk averse um, and it has to go through all these channels. And unfortunately, each time that I've tried, it reaches that point of we just don't get the the result that we're after, um, which is a shame. But I totally understand where they're coming from. I will always endeavour to continue my efforts to try and get an actual social worker speaking to us about this. Um, And I think what I need to do is I think I need to get an independent social worker who can speak to us about this, not one who is affiliated to a particular agency. So if you are listening and you're an independent social worker and you are able to talk to us about this sort of thing, Please don't be shy. Reach out to us. Get in touch and let us know that you'd like to be a guest because it would be really, really helpful for all of our listeners to hear from the professionals and not just me. So, as we've waited and as we've tried to speak to social workers and we haven't had any success, I realized that there was nothing for it. I was just going to have to bite the bullet and talk about it and hopefully get as much of it right as I possibly can. Those of you that have been through the process, those of you who are going through the process, um, if you identify that I have made significant errors with my advice in this episode, please do not hesitate to contact me. I will do everything in my power to make sure that the information that I share is as accurate as it possibly can be. Um, as you all know, I'm not a social worker. I am just an adopter, and I will give you the best knowledge that I have, and will do everything I can to help you along your journey. If I do give any misinformation, it's only it's only by mistake that that would happen. So I'm not. This episode is not designed to be in a way where I'm saying you know, this is definitely by the book. This is just the experiences that I have. The experiences that I have had um, and the conversations that I've had with the agencies that I've worked with. So you will see that there will be some differences, but hopefully, this episode will just start to scratch away at the surface to give you some ideas on what to expect. That's that's the hope. So when you come through the process things have changed slightly um, in as much as when we went through the process, we did it kind of like all as one, whereas it's now broken down into different sections. So you have pre-stage one, (laughs) stage one, possibly even pre-stage two and then stage two, then you are approved then linked matched and introduction start um, as I said when we went through the process it was all kind of done at the same point um, we it didn't get broken down into different segments now that doesn't really change much um, but there were a couple of changes so again if I if i talk about some of our experiences and they're slightly different to what you've had that could be the reason so when you're in stage one and again this is um what i've seen so this is going to be the last time i say this if this is different then i'm sorry that's it that's my last uh, last apology for any differences so when you're in stage one um, the agencies that i've worked with they will ask their adopters or prospective adopters to go through a workbook and in this workbook you are asked various um, questions about your experiences now this could be your experiences as a child um, your expectations of being a parent Um, it could be centered around some early um, your early years, trauma that you may have experienced, all things like that. Um, and it's just starting to get a better understanding of, of who you are and the experiences that you have. Um, as you're sort of going through that workbook, you're then thinking back to your family tree, your experiences, and like I say, you're just delving further into that and exploring that as a as a family. Um, When it comes to your actual physical assessments, what you should anticipate is that your social worker is going to go through that workbook and they're going to just use that as a tool and as a guide to start building on their working knowledge of you as an adopter. Um, they're going to explore certain things and they're going to look through that workbook and go, okay, well, here's some trauma that you experienced. Now I want to actually talk about it. I want to build up a much stronger understanding of who you are and what this sort of experience did for you. So that's, that's something that you're going to anticipate in these assessments. Um, the first time that you meet... Once you're assigned a social worker, you are still technically in pre-stage two. It is only when you start your home assessments that you are then moved over into being into stage two. Now, the reason that I bring that up, the reason that it's important is because when you are in stage two, that's when the government guidelines and timescales come into effect that is when agencies start their timescales on how quickly they need to get you through your assessment and in front of a um, approval panel now they have a total of four months for that um, sort of time scale to be met now due to COVID and various sort of changes, I don't know how many agencies are still able to keep up with those dates and how sort of rigid they're being held accountable to them. But I imagine that not many allowances are being offered. I imagine that the pressure is still on for those timescales to be met. But with a lot of agencies that I've worked with, they have, whilst I say it's four months, it's more like three maybe three and a bit months because they have to complete their assessments with you write up your PAR which is your prospective adopters report and submit that to your panel in advance and I think that has to be with your panel I think it's two to four weeks ahead of your panel date so as all the panel members have the opportunity to read it and digest it and make sure they have all the information they need for you to sit in front of the panel. So four months actually turns into three. In addition to this, with regards to your um, assessments and your um, visits, what you can expect is that you will have I would say your appointments again, through my experience, have been sort of two, three hours as minimum, maybe up to four hours. Um they're hefty. They're they're a long old time. Um, there's a number of hours put aside for them, and they're mentally exhausting, mentally draining. So it's it's important to understand that you are going to be exhausted. Um so Cut some time out for yourself. If you are choosing to sort of do these sessions and also try to fit in some working from home, think about how exhausted you're going to be afterwards. So it might be better to see if your social worker can do before uh sort of like afternoons or something like that. The assessments work in a way whereby, as I said, your Pre-stage two, then you're assigned social worker. You're still on pre-stage two. Your social worker will come out and meet you, still on pre-stage two. Then you are then going to go through diaries, and you're gonna look through your diaries and you're gonna work out all of the dates for the up-and-coming sessions. And I think there's six to eight sessions as an average um, that needs to be booked. But at that session where you're getting out your diaries, you will put in a perspective date for your panel. So they will book in your perspective panel date. They'll talk to you about what each session will be about. And they'll just use that time to get to know you a little bit, break the ice a little bit, um, and just help you to feel just a little bit more at ease with the whole entire process. The social workers that I've worked with and the adopters that I've worked with, um, I've always raised that question of, you know, what happens if we don't get on, what if this, These, these social workers, they are professionals in their field and they are really, really good at being able to approach things from a very professional stance and to build a rapport and build a relationship with you and they want you to do well so and again that's a very generic statement there will be in any profession you're going to come across people that are not amazing at what they do that's any profession um so my blanket statement is from what i've experienced um, but yeah, they're going to have that getting to know you session, get to know you, sets and dates. Like I said, at that point, you're then going to have your panel date set, which scares the G's to that, yeah? And you're then going to have all of your sessions booked in. Within those sessions, like I say, six to eight sessions, um, you can expect that there will be um, a session booked if you are adopting as a couple you will have a session booked for each of you to have your own individual um, session. This is not <laughs> to try and trip anyone up. It's not to go, right, okay, here we go. This one keeps saying this. I'm going to ask the other one and see, see how true that is. Not that at all. The idea is more to ensure that both of you are getting equal opportunity to speak um, participate and sort of add to your par. Um, so it's a, an idea to make sure that you are as involved as is possible, um, and that the social worker gets a, a real, true understanding of you and who you are. So that's that's the first thing. Um, your um, social worker will also book in to meet with your references, and we'll do. Um, sort of a meeting with them um, and do a session with them as well. Um, Different agencies will operate in different ways. I know that pre-COVID, the agencies I've worked with, they needed to do those face-to-face. So there was sort of an insistence that all of your referees were local. Post-COVID... Um, I know that the agencies i 've worked with have been able to say actually let 's meet people via zoom so i don 't know if some agencies might keep that in place and say mm, that worked we don 't need to change this let 's stick to that so again, check with your agency when it comes to your referees and make sure that you know everything there sort of makes sense um, within your assessments, they are Quality checked. What that means is when your assessments are being done, the social worker will meet with their line manager and they will go through the assessment and the part that they're writing and they'll talk about what they're learning and the profile that they're building. The manager then may ask various questions, ask that certain things are explored in more depth, anything like that. Um, but this is all to quality assure the social workers work. It's to make sure that they're asking the right questions and they're asking that sort of getting the best from you. And they're making sure that, that social worker is non-bias. They are keeping as open a mind as possible. So there's that level of quality assurance that goes into place. Um, at times, it's not uncommon to hear that a manager may ask to come out and do a second opinion session. This is a session that is just booked in at random um, and that they will sort of add into your diary. When I say it's booked in at random, what I mean by that is it's not planned. It's not that the social worker says, oh, on this particular assessment, I know that my manager is going to double check. It's It's booked in a way, again, to quality assure the work, but it's also booked in a way to make sure that the managers can make sure if they have any nagging questions, if they have anything in addition that they want to double check, that they can come out and double check it. The, anyone that I've spoken to that has had these sessions, I've never had someone speak to me and go, oh, you know, the manager came out and, They came from a completely different perspective and they wanted to overturn everything. It's not that at all. It's to make sure that the social worker is getting the right read on you. It's to make sure they're asking questions to double check things and assure that the work is being done properly. So it's all, again, to make sure that the right people are coming through the process. So if you are one of the adopters that has a um, sort of a management session booked in don't panic about it don't stress about it it's not that you've done anything wrong so don't overstress it um <laughs> there is an incessant feeling that when you have social workers coming into your home you need to do absolutely everything to deep clean your home to make it look like you know the most pristine place on earth I remember doing exactly the same thing. Uh, Dad and I <laughs> spent forever tidying up, tidying this, tidying that, making sure that every cushion was fluffed up to perfection. Um, I can comfortably tell you the social workers really don't care. Um, I mean, obviously, if you were living in really, really poor conditions, sure, they might have a, a sort of a question about that, but if they saw some general mess they really don't care they are humans Um, (laughs) and what the hilarious part about that is you stress and you worry about it and then when you have a child or children placed with you that all goes out the window you haven't got time to be keeping a home clean and tidy and perfect because you're trying to just keep this child alive. So so that goes completely out the window. And then the social workers are able to come in and go, oh, so th- this is how you actually live, right? So those, those cushions were never fluffed up, really. Um, it genuinely doesn't matter to them. Um, the other aspect that will come into your mind is you will feel like you have to feed them um and there's the idea that hey you know i wonder if if i pull out my great british bake-off special will this earn me an extra couple of points and will this make this social worker like me a little bit more and and make them think that i'm the perfect parent i'm not going to say they won't enjoy the cake because i'm sure that they would I'm not going to say that if you bought a pack of biscuits and offered a biscuit, they wouldn't enjoy it. They might. They might not. But it's really not going to make any difference on your assessment. None whatsoever. They I've never met a social worker. Who has spoke to me about an adopter who didn't get biscuits or anything out. I've never heard of it. So if it makes you feel comfortable, and if it makes you feel good to sort of have those things available, brilliant, do it, because it's making you feel comfortable. Um, but don't worry and stress about that. It's really That's really not what they're there for. Um, I mean, I'd definitely say offer them a drink. That's quite important um they're going to do a lot of talking you're going to do a lot of talking so i would definitely suggest having some water available um and the offer of tea and coffee sure um so yeah so that's that's the those parts i remember when we had our um assessment going on we actually did a double session in a day so we had a i think it was a three-hour session and then we were going to have a break for an hour, and then we were going to do another three-hour session. This is all because we needed to go through the process quicker because little dude was waiting. Um, Now, in between, our social worker said, hey, do you know what? I'll just sort of, I'll go, I'll leave, I'll go grab a bit of lunch. We can all sort of chill out for a bit, and then we'll come back. And we said, look, you know, we're going to be having lunch too. Would you like to just, have a bit of lunch with us and she's like okay if that's not too much trouble that's fine so like, okay cool anything that you like and she's like, please don't panic anything that you serve will be absolutely lovely well of course as you can imagine we did not hear that instead we heard you must put on a banquet otherwise i will not let you adopt little dude <laughs> so so it was extreme and it was ridiculous um she was very very grateful but she did sort of remind us this was really not necessary. I really would have been okay with just a ham sandwich, um, but we did not agree <laughs> so when it comes to your actual assessments um, it's it's exhausting, um like I say, it's mentally draining when our social worker was talking to us and she would ask me certain things about my youth and some experiences that I had, and I actually found some challenges because there were certain things I couldn't remember, and I was really stressed out and really worried that if I couldn't remember it, would my social worker think that I'd blocked it out because it was too too traumatic or Would my social worker think that I wasn't sharing it because I thought it was too traumatic? So if you haven't guessed the theme, the theme here is I overthink things. (laughs) Um, And I remember she would ask her certain things and I think, do you know what? I just, I don't remember. I don't remember. Um, and it was particularly things to do with sort of like my early schooling um, experiences. I I really struggled to make friends at school. I, I had people that I got on with, but I didn't have particularly strong friendships. Um, and I found that I really didn't actually fit in for quite some time. Um, it was probably... To be honest, it was probably only when I was like 15 when I actually started to make some some real friends. And our social worker was like, well, talk to me about that. How did that feel? I was like, I, I don't know. I just got on with it. But when I said that, I was like, oh, that's not really an answer, is it? So I tried to delve deeper. And I tried to cast my mind back as far as I possibly could to try and work out what happened for me at those moments. And I was really overthinking it and worried that she would think I just didn't want to talk about it. Now, again, I've spoken to her since and that wasn't where her mind had gone she said that she understands that actually people have experiences and they just move on from it and they don't necessarily remember what happened to them on october the seventh four years ago (laughs) she said it's absolutely fine for adopters to talk and say actually my recollection of that is not particularly strong I don't recall being massively traumatized by it. I just recall just finding a way to just get on with it. It's only now that I reflect that I see that it wasn't that great. She said, had you have said something like that, that would have been equally acceptable as when you try to delve and think and think and think. It's absolutely fine. The key to these meetings is to be as Honest as you can. Now, I I think that that part is really crucial. Being honest is really, really important. If you find yourself in the situation where you are just trying to be a people pleaser and you are just trying to say what the social worker wants you to say or what you think they want you to say. All that you're doing is creating a false version of yourself. All you're doing is creating a fake profile and a fake prospective adopter's report. And ultimately, a result of doing that is your social worker could get the wrong idea of who you are and what what your needs are and what skills you have to offer. And as such there's a chance they could recommend the wrong type of placement for you. And that could then end up with an adoption breakdown. Now, I know that that's quite the extreme leap. um, And that sort of escalated quite quickly. But that does happen. And it's... So, so important to understand that that's a factor. It's not the only factor in adoption breakdowns, as we've discussed in the past, but it is a factor. There have been people that have not shared certain aspects of their life. And as a result, the social worker has not got the right profile. So some mistakes happen along the way. But understand something. These guys, they know what they're doing and they know what they're talking about. They have had so many different sessions with so many different people. They know if something is not right. They don't necessarily know what is not right, but they know when something is not quite right. So you might find if you're holding certain things back, they're then going to go, oh, OK, right, well, let's delve a little bit deeper in here. And they may go on a completely wrong tangent and may end up thinking a complete wrong thing all because you're trying to present your best self. And the way that I've explained it or sort of rationalized it it's the past is, remember that this is not a social media profile, this is your real life profile. It comes with bad days and warts and all, and that's all right. These social workers are not looking for your best life, best self. They're looking for real life, real self. So make sure that you present that to them. Um, Now, something um, that I also suggest to adopters is on that first ever meeting, when you're meeting your social worker for the first time, talk with them about your character talk with them about how you manage situations manage stressful situations manage this sort of environment for me i make jokes quite often inappropriate jokes um and When I'm in that situation where I'm being asked all of these different questions, and I think, oh, I don't really know how to answer this. Nine times out of 10, I'm going to say something inappropriate. Then I will give the actual answer. Now, I let my social worker know this very early on. I said, you know, this is just how I deal with stuff and this is who I am. And this needs to go into your report because I can't change it. As we were going through the process, I would make quite a few of these jokes. Um, As I would do so, Dad would let me know (laughs) that he was not happy with how I was answering some of these questions. Um, But over time, it was really nice because each time that I'd make one of these jokes, Dad would be like, stop it, that's not funny, and our social worker would sort of helped him and said actually it's okay I've I know you well enough to know now that that's the bit that I don't write and I'm about to hear what I'm about to write yes that is exactly what's happening but it's it's about having that sort of freedom to have those conversations with people and tell these social workers what type of character you are if you If you aren't particularly chatty, if you find certain subjects really difficult to talk about, if you find that you do use humour as a coping mechanism, talk about it. If you're worried because um, you swear, talk about it. Because by talking about it, they can then address it. If you keep it back and if you hold it back, it means that they won't be able to give you any form of guidance or support on how best to navigate that, so again be you be your real version of you um, so yeah that's that's what I would say about sort of how how these assessments should should go um I remember during our assessment, there were certain aspects of dad's um, past and his experiences that he was just not comfortable sharing with our social worker. He kind of felt that actually it wasn't needed um, and it was irrelevant. And after sort of like the second or third session, I, I remember sort of taking a little read on it and going, actually, I'm concerned that our social worker is not getting the right feeling for dad um and i kind of spoke to him about this and said look i I don't think she's getting the right image of you i don't think that you're presenting your full self here and we had a real good chat about it and we agreed that at the following session he would actually bring it up and talk about it um and he did and as soon as he did our social worker sort of spoke and she sort of put her pen down herself oh, goodness sake she said i've been really worried about you She said i've been talking to my manager and trying to work out what's going on with you she said and each time i go back i say no there's still something there i don't know what it is but there's something about him she didn't what you've just told me actually helps put everything else about you into place. She said, and you make so much more sense to me now. She said, and I think that you were worried about telling me this because you felt you, this would go against you as a parent. She said, the truth of the matter is, what you've just shared with me is now, in my books, going to make you a stronger parent. So he had all of these fears and worries, and he really didn't need to have them. And I don't think you do either. These guys have had these experiences, they've seen different things. And I'm pretty certain that if you have a set of circumstances that you speak to them about, there's a good chance that it's not that unique that they've never dealt with it before it's important to give them the opportunity to talk to you about it. So open and honest conversations, really important, Um, really important for you and for them. We've talked previously about when they start talking to you about um, a match and what you can and cannot handle. So I won't go into that again, but again, feel free to be honest Um, you will then have your PAR presented to you Um, undoubtedly you will skim through it right until you get to the end where it says areas for development and you will read all of those comments (laughs) with great interest and huge detail and you will look at all of your things that you have insecurities about you say oh my goodness they've captured it all they're worried about it too oh how are we ever going to have a child all of these things what we always advise adopters to do is once you've read that then take another look at the other side of the column and the strengths that your social work has identified and then read the full report and understand that just because you have areas for development that does not mean that you are not capable of being an adopter or a parent. In fact, if a pa went to panel and it had zero details in the areas for development column there is a very strong possibility that that panel would not feel comfortable recommending you for approval because they would feel that something was hidden they would feel that something was not discussed So they're looking for areas of development because nobody is perfect, it just doesn't exist. So if someone on paper is claiming to be, it means that they've probably not identified what their own areas for development are. And as such, they're not doing any work towards it. So don't stress about that sort of thing. Be excited that someone has identified areas for development because it gives you some direction. As we know, at the moment, the wait to become a parent is taking a little bit longer. So when you see those areas for development, see it as an opportunity. See it as a window of an opportunity to go, actually, Maybe I could do X, Y, and Z. Maybe now's my opportunity to do this. So don't stress about that. You really don't need to worry about it. Um, I think that covers all aspects of what to expect from your assessment process. Um... If you feel like you'd like me to delve a bit deeper or to answer any of your questions, like I say, I can only answer from my own experience, but I'm always happy to. Um, If you feel like I'm way off the mark or anything like that, you just drop me a line and we can talk about that. That's all good. Um, But I'm hoping that that this has just helped to kind of, help your thinking on what to expect um, and what to anticipate from those sessions everyone's sessions will be different of course they will but they're going to follow a very similar pattern you are going to have a set amount of sessions in which you are going to be discussing various topics that will sort of delve into your background your family any trauma that you've experienced they're going to be looking at what type of attachment style you have they're going to be looking at what type of parent you want to be what um how, how have you considered what challenges may f- be faced? You know have you thought about how to talk to your children about drugs alcohol sex have you thought about those sort of things um, What sort of behavior management ideas have you got in place? All of those things they're going to want to delve into now. Me personally, I love those sessions because I found that it did force dad and I to actually start talking about these things and exploring the type of parents we wanted to be. And it's not to say that other parents don't do that, but all adoptive parents go through this, forcing them to think about it, not all adoptive parents go through this so it's i i think it's really really positive because it does make you question things challenge things and hear how you're if again if you're adopting as a partner how your partner is feeling about being a parent and what plans your partner has to be a parent so it's all of those things that i think are really really positive so Hopefully that's helped. Um, Hopefully it's given you a bit of an idea. Like I say, any questions, worries, concerns, anything at all, you just drop me a line. Um, If you would like to share your story, um, please get in touch. Let me know. It would be great to hear from you. Um, You know, you can reach out to us on on our social media or via email. It would be lovely, lovely to hear from you. Until then, thank you for listening and I shall speak to you again next week.